Okay. So where are we? We're at Torreros. Torreros. Montclair, New Jersey. Torreros. Torreros. Gelato in Montclair, New Jersey. And we are here torturing Kim's daughter, who's actually working here. She works here. It's her first job. But okay. But they have the best. Okay. So my mom's favorite ice cream is actually the blueberry basil. Real. I heard it actually drags me out every Saturday night to go, and we usually get it. So I'm actually the weird one. I like their ice cream. I usually eat their ice cream. That's so Instead of their gelato. Okay, so I'm not gonna lie. I like their sorbets. I choose sorbet over. Them. They're really good. They usually there's a berry one. There's a wild oh. berry one that's good, but they don't have it today. So All right. I like, so I like the banana Oreo ice cream. Oh my gosh, that sounds delicious. And um, I like Cookie Monster. Yes, I know. I like, you like know, I like the cookie. Blue. I, I, blue. I can't believe I know, you're eating that. Well, I was gonna say we're gonna get our flavors now, and, uh, and we'll then see we'll you check guys back in. back in the studio. Okay. Bye. Welcome to the LOL Girls Podcast. I'm your host, Nancy Chu, team lead of CBH Homes at Keller Williams NJ Metro Group. And I'm Kimberly Curtis, business development director for the Ketchian team at Lone Depot. Okay, I have bad news. What? So, turns out, I just found out this week that KW is canceling Mega Camp. Oh no! Yeah, In-person Mega Camp? In person. I was so excited to go back. You know how important it is for people in the industry to get together and mastermind and have, you know, conversations where they learn from each other. I have been looking forward to this and they just canceled it. So, second... Second year. Yeah, second year in a oh, row. Do you know what I'm I think? I'm so sorry. I think KW leadership looked at it and said, hmm, Texas, a lot of COVID cases. I also think the town of Austin, <laughs> I just realized I called Austin a town. A town? <laughs> like it's a city, right? I, I'm from you the can, south. You can tell you're, that's, that's when I can tell you're from Tennessee. You're a New York City girl at heart, but I know. I when you say city, stuff like, like that, you're like, like oh, oh, a town. town. Like the you city. call New York City town. That's what I mean. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, but I think that the town of Austin actually decided that they didn't want anybody at the convention center because what if they need the convention center again? Oh no. For, oh no. Do you remember? Javits Center in New York City 2.0. Do you remember yes. all, when, when COVID came around the first time, all the hospital beds were like overflowing and yeah. they ended up needing to find space and they ended up in convention centers. So maybe that's what's going on. I don't know. Oh, I'm but, so sorry. And I... Know. And I so I'm not really, su- I, I'm, su- I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised because, so we received notice last week that our corporate office, so we're, so Lone Depot Corporate is based in my favorite place in the United States where my uh, mother's family's from, Southern California, mm. and we're reshutting corporate down. Didn't you guys just we open? We just opened, oh, like, yay. you know, fairly recently, and now it's like shut down 2.0. You know, I was going to say, I've had conversations with clients who've all said things like, oh, we're going back to work, offices are opening up again in September, and now they're saying things like, well, we were going to, but they're pushing it off now to like mid-October, and this is feeling really familiar. Do you remember last, like last time they just kept pushing it off by a few weeks every time, every time? I just have a bad feeling that we're going to end up virtual again for a while. I... I I, I, I pains oh. me. It pains me to say this, 
But I, I think you're right and for a lot of reasons that we're seeing. Because you and I, we have our, you know, we have our pulse very closely on the industry, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And but I think also just from personal things that I see kind of going on, I just agreed. I think that you're right. I have a question. So let's. I, I want to talk about this because, you know, you and I both made decisions last time to work during COVID yes. and to work work through COVID. Yep. And. I remember we had conversations about how everybody around us was like, what are you doing? Do you remember? Oh, I I remember. uh, Well, yes. I remember. (laughs) I remember when you were like, um, we're going to list Baldwin, uh, which is right around the corner from where, (laughs) literally walking distance from where I live. And I remember thinking, what, 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 well, you're okay. Let's backtrack. Let's backtrack and say the first thing that I remember when they shut us down in mid-March. Yep. We all kind of stopped right. and we paused in the industry. Yep. We all kind of stopped. We look like deer in headlights. Yes. Like, Ugh, because we didn't know what we were. Every state had its own, <laughs> the governor was making decisions in every state and we were still waiting to just, to figure out whether we would be considered essential workers here in New Jersey. Correct. And as we were waiting and, and the answer was not coming down from up top, I remember after two weeks, we were getting phone calls from clients who were like, Nancy, I got to list my house. We don't have a choice. People who were already in mid-transition, who'd already moved or purchased their homes in Florida before the whole thing. Right, it had nothing to do, right, it had nothing to do with the pandemic. People were moving and relocating or retiring. They didn't have a choice. They'd already bought a place. We were afraid they were going to lose one of their homes if we couldn't move forward. And so there was a lot of pressure to keep working. And I also remember at the same time having phone calls from, you know, renters who were saying things like, oh, I got to find some place to move. Please help me. You know, my landlord has given me notice and I have no place to go. And that's when I remember waking up and going, wait, we are essential because we represent shelter. Shelter. And shelter, shelter is an essential thing for human beings to live. And that was when, like you were saying, we listed. So Khadijah Bell, who I know you love oh, and I love, I love um, in our off in my office, she and I had a listing we shared. Yep. And I remember sort of going, you know what? We're going to do it. And Khadija and I looked at each other and we're like, okay, let's jump into the pool together. <laughs> and we just decided to go ahead and list this property. Yes, it was on Baldwin, which is like right around the right corner from, from my house. Know. And I remember t- walking the dog at that time. That's a whole, <laughs> oh, that's a whole other story. We miss you, Jack. Um, I remember walking Jack and around the corner and seeing, and I, I, you know, you and I talk almost every day. So I knew that it was, com- you know, the listing was coming up, but I remember having, I remember thinking as I walked the dog for like 20 minutes around the neighborhood, there was, that was the only sign. That was, was the only, only for sale sign. It was the only listing. Yes. Because we decided to put it up. I, okay. So just. And the only, and our phone was off the hook with refis well, yes, because yes, the, yes. the rates had already come down, but no one was, no one. No at, new at, applications. Right, right there for those two weeks, no new purchase applications. So I will tell you that we did go to our client and we said, do you really want to do this? And she said, yes, I don't have a choice. Right. And in that moment, I remember looking and Khadija and I sort of looking at each other and we were like, we can't do business as usual. No. Because there were, I remember there were three ways that you could have behaved during the pandemic, right? Yep. A couple of three ways, which is a, you could run around like a loon and just do business as usual, super spreading your way super around. Super spreader. Yep. 
totally we saw that plenty like we saw people doing that or you could say you know what for safety's sake, for health reasons, for the sake of my family, perhaps maybe you would choose to just sort of lock it down. Yeah. Yep. And say, you know what? I'm just going to take a little break. I'm, I'm yep. lucky enough for whatever reason, I don't have financial, I, for whatever reason, like you said, health, fine, whatever, they were, they just, I'm not, I'm not going to participate right now. There were people who just did the lockdown and I absolutely respect that. Okay. Um, and then there, there was, was kind of, <laughs> then there was us. That's the third choice, which is how can you do business in a public health crisis? And that was what we chose to do. It was a pivot and a redesign of how we were doing business. So I thought we should talk a little bit about those things today. That's a great idea. You ready? Ready. Okay, here we go. I remember we said, okay, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to create a bigger virtual life for these homes. Right. For uh, Listen, for our market area, we didn't need a lot of virtual material because usually, the houses move so quickly. Right. And usually, let's just call it a, a kind of a standard, for lack of a better word, in our market, because things don't stay on the market very, very long, um, a lot of the, you know, very elaborate um, walkthrough type, you know, virtual things were for, were for luxury, for luxury All listings. For Ultra Lux properties. So, So, you guys. Well, we ended up starting to implement 3D tours and videos. Okay. We were doing virtual walkthroughs, like Facebook Live virtual walkthroughs, just to get people. Which is, wait, so clarify really quick because for, you know, a lot of our listeners are in in real estate, right? Or mortgages. Clarify. That's not. That's not a Matterport, that kind of... No, 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 no. Yeah, so clarify. This was different. 3D, so the virtual 3D walkthrough is a Matterport where they take a camera, right? And then they put the camera down and they circle the room. So the idea is that you can virtually click your way through a house, right? Yep. So that was the virtual for you. And, and I will tell you, we started doing those for every Everything. property. Right, right. Not I, just luxury. <laughs> I did that one. I did one for that little itty bitty like studio condo <gasps> and forest. It Wait, was one of my stuck. favorite, one of my favorite oh, clients. Kevin, so sweet, right? Ke- oh my okay, gosh. So we did one for that house. I will tell you, it was almost, it was like embarrassing. I was like, the, the, the person who came to do it was like, is this it? Is this two rooms? He's like, am I really doing this? I'm like, yes, yes, you're really doing but, it. But, but it helped people to figure and out whether the space not. was worth coming out to physically engage. So that was important. And they did. But just so you know, the fa- as you were asking before, the Facebook Live walkthrough was totally Very different. different. It's just literally we were doing, a lot of it was just sort of marketing awareness for, for, for listings that we were putting on. So I would just turn on Facebook Live and do a quick walkthrough of a house so that anyone who wanted to see, you know, just... I called it, it was great because it was, um, for me, you know, I've owned multiple homes. Um, my parents built several, I I can't remember how many, five or something through my life. So very, um, that's part of my blood. And I remember watching yours and thinking, wow, that's just a great preview. Like that's a great. It's interest generation. Right. Like, or an an interest or like, okay, I, you know, when I look at the MLS, MLS listing, like, yeah, those pictures look, but this was like, mm, oh no, I think I like that even better than I thought. It just gave you the next level yeah. uh, and, yeah. and hopefully would help you decide whether you wanted to physically come out and look at the property. Um, we did virtual open houses as well. So we would use tools. 
schedules like uh, Calendly, which is you yep. know, it's a calendar app, yep. and we would schedule specific time frames for multiple people to attend a virtual open house at once. That's amazing. And we would walk through That's the great. home, and at the same time, afterwards, we'd do a Q&A, and everybody would be able to stop, ask their questions, and you'd be able to answer it while you were there. Um, and once again, it was another tool if they said, you know what, I'd really like to come see it in person, that was a, the next level of getting them there, right? Yeah. Let's be completely honest. This is not a market area where people tend to buy sight unseen. No. We are not no. a military, um, you know, area. We are, you know, we're not a second home area. Right. You know, a lot of folks, they'll go to Florida and they'll buy a house sight unseen oh, yeah. in Florida because the floor plan and the pictures are enough for them to know whether they want it. It's not the same thing here. We have nothing. Right. But it's a lot of, it's a lot of develop plan development. Right. Right. As and those kinds of things, right. Here are your three different. We have <laughs> bespoke homes handcrafted <laughs> by individual artisans 120 years ago. And right. it's so difficult. Right. They're not cookie. Know. They're not cookie, they're cookie not cutter. cutter. Right. So you have to really come out and see. And so I just, I felt like, I felt like we had to give them as many opportunities to see it virtually so that if they decided to come out, it would be because they were already making the decision to move forward. Right. And, and the people at that time, let's be very clear. The, the people that co- were coming out that time, they were very like, serious. they, they mm-hmm. were so serious. So I also commend you because, um, you know, we both, you and I both have, um, uh, pre-existing conditions. So we yeah. had to be like even more sensitive to COVID, right? right before right, right. Before the vaccine. And the other thing I loved about it is it just, it really reduced, you know, having exposure. exposure. So after going, walk, watching your virtual tours on Facebook, say that, you know, first these people were like, oh, there's 10 houses on my list. Now it's down, down to, now it's down to three or four that they actually wanted to go look at. I thought that was amazing. I will also tell you, and this was kind of a tough decision, but, um, Khadija and I decided that we would force everyone that came through physically to sign a COVID waiver. I remember when that whole that thing was a started, paperwork nightmare. Oh my god, that was like an admin, a part-time admin job. I'm not kidding, just in itself. When when that first started, um, a lot of people were like, "Wait, what? This is?" And, and people, would be, I'm not going to sign this. And in the end, it was like, you know what? You right. just sign it. Right. And if you want to get in the house, you're going right. to sign it. Right. So we did, but. We also attached it to a CBS code, right? Which was attached to the blue, you know, the blue lock boxes, yeah. the the digital lock boxes yep. that we use to get into homes. Um, <laughs> it was <laughs> so. It turns out all these lock boxes have this thing on them. It's yeah. called a CBS code. It's an extra code that you can add on. And we weren't releasing the CBS code unless they sent their COVID waivers to us. And meaning, meaning for non-realtors, you just because you have access, quote unquote, to the box, you know, you're live, you're whatever. It's an extra nope, security you're not getting measure. in if you don't have the 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 secret code. Yes, it's an extra security measure. That's awesome. And I have to tell I you, love that. first of all, it was horrifying how many people didn't know what the heck a CBS code was. I'm like, what? I'm like, this is a tool you literally use every day. What? You don't know how to use. Oh, no. And they were like, what's that? Number one, that's, so fright- that was, that's frightening. That's frightening. <laughs> that's frightening. And number two, I couldn't believe the number of people that were like mad because they were like, this shouldn't be this hard. And I'm like, but it kind of should be because you're, this is a health safety life and death situation. And, and oh I always gosh. tell people, this isn't your home. Yeah. It's not your home. True, it's somebody true, true, else's true. home. 
Um, tell, um, I do remember, t- tell them about, um, this was hilarious because it reminds me of the movie, which is my favorite movie of all time when I was a kid that scared the crap out of me, but I love it to this day. Poltergeist. Oh, tell them what you did. <laughs> yes, but yes, you know yes. what? But you know what? Ingenious. Wait, tell- okay. Actually, there's two things and I will, I'll bring that into this, which is thank you so much for being a part of this. One of the things that we forced everybody to do, they weren't getting into that particular house unless they showed us a pre-approval before they even came in. We only wanted serious buyers, no looky-loos. And once again, that weeded out a lot of people who were like, I don't want to show you a pre-approval. To which my response is, then you're not getting in the damn house. And that, my dear, is when we all started getting very busy with, like, right? Because a lot of people people started, you, you, I would say you were the impetus, but then very quickly people followed suit. And exactly, you cannot come in unless you have a pre-approval. So that I think was a good choice. And the interesting thing about this particular like so this particular house in Baldwin is you know we ended up with like 10 to 14 legitimate showings and we still got four offers. And that and as people that are in the industry that's unheard. This was that's remember, a remember, great remember, ratio. no, no, no. Remember, this was the very beginning. This was the beginning of COVID, right? That is unheard of. You had ten people. This is when no one was leaving their houses to even go to the grocery store, and so many of them, and forty percent of them wanted to and, purchase right, and four home. offers. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, but the poltergeist thing oh, we're yeah. talking about. Yes, that was yes, awesome. Yes. So one of the things that we did was we asked our client to leave all the lights on, open all the doors. And even like the cabinets and stuff. Yeah, like cabinetry, like right. in the kitchen. Because that how much storage do you have? Right. That way, you're talking about less exposure, less touching. Because at the time, we didn't really know it was airborne, and so you know, less hands on knobs, etc. And I, I, I'll be the first to tell you, walking into a house and everything slightly open is actually a little creepy. Um, but but I think it helped minimize 100 once more that exposure question. Oh, um, I forgot the last last but not least. The biggest pivot that. we did was we moved away from, uh, we went all paperless. So it is all a hands-free experience. And I'm never going back. We create a single property website and everything that you could possibly need is attached to that single property website. MLS, list of improvements, seller's disclosure, lead disclosure, anything that you could possibly want. Pre-approval application. Yeah, and <laughs> and it was all attached to a QR code that we would leave at the house and everybody recognizes the QR code. So they would come in and they would, you know, point their phone at it and the QR code would take them to all the material all that the, they all needed the information. to answer their questions. Yep. And that to me is huge. I'm actually really, I'm really happy about that. Everybody kind of uses them now. <laughs> I, I do have to say, you, you, uh, she won't brag about it. I will brag for her. Um, we, there are things in the industry, in the industry, we both have done, kind of been the first to do, and you were the first team to do that. And one, I commend you for it because you, you did an amazing job of pivoting, right? Like that's a great example of what we talked in our first episode, pivoting. And number two. Um, I mean, how many trees are saved? Um, I, I will tell you I now, know, right? now going to open houses, when I help host open houses from the mortgage side, I watch people and I'm like, they actually like, they don't want the paper. Who wants what, the paper? No, what, 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 listen, what happens? At the end of the day, you end up with 10 pieces of paper in your car. And you throw it away. And you throw it away. You don't even, you don't even probably recycle it. You throw it away. So I, that's amazing and you're still using it. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, and I think we're going to continue to use that too. So that I'm really excited about. Now, I, 
hold on, it's your turn. And I want you to talk about the major pivot that you did, which I thought was amazing. And that started off, of course, with the fact that you were getting ready to open the new Loan Depot office in Montclair, New Jersey. I remember we were all like, you're getting ready to open. Oh, no. Tell us about that. That was amazing. So, yes. So, I mean... Quite literally, the top three reasons of opening that office, one of the top three reasons what for Barrett, it was because um, we were, you know, we're, head, we're headquartered in Hoboken, so this was going to be our second office. And one of the reasons was um, because, and one of the reasons Barrett hired me was to have a very different um, reason to have a branch office, and that was to have agents who are my clients right? Mm, yes, like absolutely. your teams and all these other teams come in and do classes, seminars, um, stop in. I, I have a coffee bar. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I do. Um, very bar, lonely coffee bar. Very, right very, now. very lonely coffee bar. But, but it, I, it was, it was again, like you said, pivoting, it was like ahead of its time. Right. I remember the person in our company from Lone Depot that sets up all new offices. She was really frustrated with me in the beginning and now we laugh about it. We have a good chuckle because she was like, I didn't know what you're doing like what are you doing it was very different you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of that like capital one cafe the idea yes it's almost like a lone depot cafe like i need to be able to the idea that it's right in the center of town i can stop in i can stop in talk to me talk to my loan officers and then when my agents there yeah when my agents because we're this office is centered in the proximity walking proximity of four of the biggest real estate offices in our in our county so anyway so that was the whole premise, like very open door policy, not just for our staff to be there every day, but very um, welcoming to clients, agents, agents clients. consumers. What and did so, you guys do oh my God. when so, March rolled around mm, and they said shut down and you can't do well, anything so else? First, first, okay. So the first thing is because go back, going back to what you said. And I still remember having conversations because as we all, my friends and family and colleagues know, I'm, I'm a gym, I'm, I was a gym rat. Mm. I went to the gym six days a week, right? I, I was a gym rat. So I remember... Now I'm a couch rat. Now I'm a couch <laughs> Now I'm just like a sloth. Sorry, now sorry, I'm sorry. a sloth. Sorry, go ahead. Go so, ahead. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so the, reason, so the reason I'm bringing this up was I, um, I remember in the beginning, like you said, we were like, oh no, it's just going to be like two weeks. We can't, we, can't, we can't go to the gym, gym for two weeks. Oh, no, it'll be open in two weeks. So in the beginning, I'm like, oh, office is only going to be closed for two weeks. Yeah, no. Um, no, 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 no. So then when, when you had your moment listing homes, I had my moment of, oh my gosh, we're about to get really busy. Um, but we, I need to figure out how to pivot and still see people and, t- you know, like be there for them. Well, we couldn't have lunch. We couldn't, no, we, we weren't taking people we out weren't to doing, lunch. We weren't we doing do lunches. We weren't doing lunch and learns. We, we weren't. So what I did was I, um, so I did two things. So one is I turned to Zoom before what? Zoom before yeah. Zoom was a thing. It's right in Zoom. Um, uh. Zoom actually wasn't even authorized in our company. We had something mm-hmm. else. We had to, so a bunch of people. We you know we we championed to get it authorized and approved. Um, and so we I did happy hours on Tuesday. So I will that be, was great. I will be starting that again in September because I agree with you. I think 2.0 is here and coming. Yeah. And I think we will be shut down for a little while, but. So I did Tuesday Tuesday Zoom happy hours at four o'clock with Kim Curtis, and I <laughs> and it was like a lunch and learn, right? So it was and it was great because you people had could great see speakers. people. Tell us about thank that. you. So I so so the be, the best the most 
well, best is different than the, the most attended and the one that repeatedly, I, I had numerous people ask for, um, to, to have it again and regularly was with our, um, appraiser, like okay. the person that, um, uh, who we use all the time, his company. So we had the owner and his was amazing. And he answered questions. Usually they're 45 minutes. Most agents he was, have no idea. They have no idea what about an appraisal. Does, like no. what an appraisal and, means. Exactly. And because of COVID, how is this going to work? Because people didn't want right, to let appraisers right, into right, their home. So right. anyway, so, the, so um, the appraisal one was amazing. Um, I had a stager, like one of my favorite stagers, which mm-hmm. was great because again, how do you get a house ready that needs to be, sta- like really needs to be staged if you're not going to let people in your homes? So anyway, so there, so on Tuesday, every Tuesday I had, um, um, uh, an industry specific, you know, person to come in and, you know, the, my format is, um, let's have, you know, 15, 20 minutes of, you know, of a, or a little social time and then a little presentation, so to speak. Right. right and then, right. and then what I love is what most people don't do and they should Q and A. Q and A. How can Absolutely. we help you? What are you, how, what's what are you killing you? With? What are you dealing with? How can we help you? So, I'm, and then on Thursdays, we did, um, you see a theme here, we did a Thursday happy hour with Kim and Barrett, um, and we did an industry update. It was amazing. So, again, that one was only half an hour, first, first 15 minutes, industry update. Barrett would say, hot off the press, like here and now, what is going on real time in the industry? And then Q&A, because people were, again, appraisal questions, multiple bid, I'm sorry, um, multiple offer situations. Right, right, right. All of, like, all of those. So we did, so it was, and it was a great way to still see people, because we didn't have broker open houses. I know. We didn't have open, we weren't seeing people. And so, so that and was. And I think the industry, the lifeblood of industry and doing that business. Oh, that's where everybody. Able to see people. A hundred percent. Well, it's also in our nature. top of mind and having that mind share. You and know? it's, and you know, and you know. I think a, you a lot of shrivel and die if you could not. Oh, no, no. So my, well, so <laughs> everyone teased me because what did you do? You said you sat in your pajamas and worked 16 hour days, right? Right. If, if you right, weren't right. out at a listing appointment. I did the opposite. I got up and got dressed. People were making fun of me. I got up and got dressed. And when I say dressed, like heels and dresses and went so and true. still went to the office. Well, yeah. Because, because I was, you know, I was allowed, but no, like no, I was by myself. But sometimes by myself. that's what you need to do in order to have that motivation, to maintain that motivation. A sense of normalcy was really important. I and I also felt like too, like you lead a team, right? And, and, you know, and I help bear it. Um, you know, I would like to think, you know, help set the tone for the team and lead the team. And I also think a lot of people were depressed. Yeah. Like they sure. were right. So we also set for the tone. Sure. So for me, helping set the tone was to go to the office. Now, the second thing I did, which everyone said was insane. <laughs> you, you and Raph thought I was probably a little crazy. Don't lie. I helped um, a dear friend and colleague of mine who I've known for years, who I met in a networking group. I helped him launch the first um uh, branch the first of his new networking company. So we're all familiar with the, you know, the, the yes, I was going to say, rap, I was going to say, it's a very formal networking group. It meets, it's very, it's like regimented. It is like you meet once a week. It's very hardcore. Um, so anyway, but, and it's, you know, it, it, it really, I think people it really like, works. Why would you do it? And they're like, what are you doing? You can't, of like you can't meet. And so, but can I say you did it on zoom yep. and I was going to say, Raph is a member of the upper Montclair one and we, and Mark is a member of Montclair one. And I have to tell you, 
we have done so much business yep. and referred so much business through this networking group. Yep. So you we so we did so COVID. we did throughout depending on the peaks and the valleys, right? So it was it was a hundred percent percent Zoom. And again, people were like, that's great. You know what? No, no, it was great. It was amazing. It was then when things, then when we got the okay uh, to open up, um, which again, I think, you know, people are getting shut down again, but then, then we moved to open places. Like, so I, one of the things that I love about my office, you have that courtyard. I have a courtyard. Yeah, so nice. we met out in the courtyard, six feet apart and masked. And yes, so, yes, yes, that's great. It, anyway, so don't all the naysayers out there don't not we do you know how much business we've all done through covid because of our networking group yeah no unbelievable no i just went on a listing appointment on friday from the the networking networking group group, right exactly yep I, i think that was an amazing thing to basically say you know what all i what's the word um i feel like the general attitude was to hold still. Well, and there was a lot, let's, and you were the opposite. You were like, no, 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 no. Let's push forward and do what we want to do. We just have to do it safely. And I am going to say this, which is, and I'm only going to mention it once and we're going to touch on it and we're never going to talk about it again. There was definitely a lot of shame. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that because I was shamed and you were shamed. There was a lot of shaming. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? This is dangerous. This is, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, none of us were sick. None of our clients were sick. We were very, very good. Look, we did all the things that we need to do. We had the, the, the hand sanitizing stations and the booties and the masks and the gloves and, and he opened cabinets. And opened don't cabinets don't and touch anything. Like right. we did all those things that we were supposed to do. We limited it to the people who we thought were the most interested. Right. And we you were had able, to ha- you had to have a pre approval. And right. we were able to continue to do business moving forward. And I'm going to say that we can feel it coming again, can't you? Like oh yeah, no, it's coming. We know. Yeah, like, no. Second shutdown yeah. feels like it's two point is coming. It feels like it's looming, and you know what? I think that we have a great roadmap of how to do business through this. Yep. I don't know if you agree. Uh, no, I, I mean, so I, yeah, we won't talk about it again, but we, we were, you know, we, we were, we're going to, and, and we're going to talk about, you know, part of why, why we both wanted to have this podcast, we're going to talk about heart, uh, you know, one the of my, heart stuff. Heart, one of my favorite, I, I have to say it, one of my favorite podcasts is, you know, is, um, we can do hard things. So, and if anyone else That's is a right. Glennon Doyle, I, I'm like a huge <laughs> fan. I'm a little obsessed. Um, and, but shout because, out. because shout out, because I've always told my kids, um, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, there are things there. We do hard things. So I felt very, um, you know, shout out to her because, you know, um, during the pandemic, I kept thinking of that. I'm like, you know, yes, be safe. You know, yes, you know, but we can do it. We can do hard things. And you know what? And honestly, Nance, some people, like you said, some people didn't have a choice. They had to move. Right, right, they right. couldn't carry two mortgages. And then, then, I mean, that's a whole nother episode, but then it wasn't about people having to move. It was people that were going to either like, you know, either get divorced or not have children or whatever, or not have any more children because they were in New York city in an 800 square foot apartment, right, right, losing right. their mind because two two work two people that worked outside the home Suddenly now we're, we're inside with and children also trying to and homeschool, homeschool at the same time it's, it was just homeschool for me now is a dirty word <laughs> so hard oh my gosh okay you know what we're not going there we're not going there no. it's just it was just it was just not in my skill set and I don't know that it was I don't know that I did great for my kid but yeah. okay we're gonna leave that off because that's a different story for another day um, I do want to do a quick touch up of you go first um, love. What do you love this week? So this week I love, 
um, I love uh, teachers and faculty and staff. Um, we, uh, we for another day. We will talk about because I think it's a big subject, and I think that we're just at the um, just at the at the tip of seeing the ramifications of this. But a lot of kids did not thrive and did did not handle nope. handle COVID well. Wait, hold on. Tiny background. Kim and I both have boys. Okay? Yes, I have a 13 year old, and I have boy. a 14 year old, and both of us made significant changes in our kids' educational decisions. This past year, because because of COVID, a, a lot of, of a lot of it resulted from co- from COVID. I would tell you that they did not thrive no. under this sort of format, and I was going to say, so, I think so. I so I particularly love this week um, teachers and staff and faculty because on last Sunday we uh, dropped Craig and I uh, dropped off our son Beckham to a military boarding school. And That's we right. and we will talk about that later. Um, he was not sent away. <laughs> no, it was a choice. And, and he, he, wanted, he to wanted to go. Um, I cried half of the half the way home. And Nancy texted me, which was so lovely, like multiple times, like, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" But um, so I love. I can't even. I'm going to start crying now. The, just no, the, don't cry. The, we have no the, tissues, <laughs> and then you'll sound sniffly. The um, but anyway, so the when we got to the school, just just the dedication and the love and the care that this new school, um, so I want to give a shout out to MMA in Woodstock, Virginia, Massanutten Military Academy. Um, thank you and all, and all the other teachers and, you know, and especially because, you know, these kids are living there. And so thank you for treating your child like your own. So I love teachers and staff. I think what do that's you, fantastic. What do you love? Okay. So I'm a little bit frustrated because the thing that I was going to say also had to do with my kid and education. Well, let, so talk about so it. That's we weird, can love right? that. Why we are can we lo- always creepily in sync? I don't know what that's about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my love this week is that, so I have a 14 year old who let's just say that the, the digital school situation resulted in almost two years of him having absolutely no retention of any information. It was just too distracting. It was too hard. And quite frankly, it just wasn't an engaging thing. And I think for a lot of boys, especially... I would say, I, I particularly think we're seeing a lot of my my fifth, almost almost 16-year-old daughter. Um, I'm not going to say it wasn't hard on her. She, I think she did better but with she, it, though. But she handled it very well. I commend her immensely. I think she did a much she better She did very job. well. I think that boys... It's and, harder for yes. some boys. My boy in particular has um, an extremely intense case of ADHD. Um, as, does along, my, as does my son. Along yep. with some other things like some, uh, shall we say, other issues that yep. are kind yep. of attached to it. And it was really interesting because I watched him just kind of wilt and his any sort of interest in education just sort of died, mainly because it was wildly uninspiring. And I think the teachers were struggling. With oh, I felt I felt just as bad for the teachers. Want to, they didn't want to do it. They were like, "This is not." It wasn't working for them. Right. It wasn't working for the kids. And I remember having a very hard moment. And the thing that I love, this is about my kid, because I remember saying to him in April of this year, I said, "I, I got to tell you something," and he says, "What?" And I go. Darling, I'm going to pull you from school. And I mean, I thought he was going to have, like, he was like, what, what did I do? What's wrong? And part of the challenge was that I had had a conversation with the school 
and I had said, and he was public school in town and I had said, so what's going to happen? What are we going to do? I said, I feel like my kid is really struggling through freshman year. Oh yeah. What's going to happen? And let's happen sophomore year. It's freshman year of high school. Yes. Like, so I was like, this is not coloring in, in kindergarten. Right. I was like, what's the plan? Like, how are we going to get them through? Because I said, he's retained nothing. And I was like, so what's going to happen? Are we going to show up for sophomore year? And all the teachers are going to be expected to teach, essentially. Because it's progressive. Right. So freshman year over again, and then also sophomore year, and cram it all into one year? Is that the expectation? And they were kind of like, yeah, unfortunately, like that might be what happens. And then I was like, well, this can't be good. It's going to slow everybody down. I'm like, I don't want, you know, I, I don't think that that's a good thing. And she said, well, you know, but the, the thing is, is 50% of the kids are kind of in the same boat. And I said, oh my God, in the same boat. So we're all just going to be okay with this because we're in the same boat. I'm going to be honest with you. I had a moment, a bad moment in a very top rated school district. Right. I had a oh, bad no, we're moment. Same, we're both in the top, yeah, in, the, top in the state, districts. in the state. Yeah. Yeah. Nationally ranked. Yeah. And I just thought I was going to lose my mind. And I remember thinking, you know what? I ha- sadly, I have the capability to do it. I'm going to pull him out and we're going to figure out how to start him over for freshman year. You're, you're going to pivot. Yes. It was a pivot for him. And I will tell you this, which was my kid had a really bad moment where he was like, oh, no, because he was like, it's a punishment. Right. Because right. I'm not doing well. Right. And I was like, no, no, no. It is absolutely not a punishment. It is a reward for the fact that you have struggled your way through this. And I'm really, really psyched. You've been doing as good as you can. Right. You've been working hard, but it's not working. And so we're going to basically, so look, my son is basically essentially being sort of homeschooled in a private school in this moment, right. which, um, which is working fantastically which for is him, working fantastically for him. And I will tell you that I do love the fact that my son recently, I was like, how are you doing? Are you going to be okay? Because just so you know, he's doing freshman year. He literally, we, we started him over with freshman year in April. So he is going to be doing freshman year all the way through Thanksgiving. He has been to school. He's had no breaks from school at all. And I was like, are you okay? Do you still, are you still mad at me? And you know what he said? He goes, no, he goes, this is much, much better. He's like, he was like, he's like, I'm, I don't, there's the attention is all on me. Well, and, and, and he doesn't feel like he's behind every day, struggling and every has day. the ability to say, I don't understand this. Can we please review it again? Right. It's an opportunity for him to do so. And I'm just really proud of him because he, he has not resent. I said, are you mad? And he, that you, you know, haven't had vacation. He's like, nope. He goes, I get it. I understand. I understand why you did it. I understand yeah. why you did it. I'm okay. Yeah. I will, um, I will tell, I'm, I'm happy. I, so I will tell you, I, listen, you think you were, I don't know if I remember if I told you this, I'm going to go on record. Okay. I, I can't remember who <laughs> right. I told. Might've just been, might've just been Craig. Do you know what I said? What? What? I said every kid in the United States in the school, public school system should go, should repeat the grade. Should be allowed to repeat the be, grade. No, no. Not allowed. Not allowed. But yes. Yeah. Or, and, but, and not shamed. I wouldn't do that for your daughter. Not, your daughter right, right. Be okay. Yes. Sorry. And not shamed. There's that word again of like, of, of, because do you, do you know what my son said? Do you know what Beckham said? What? What did he say? I didn't have a seventh grade. Yeah, I know. Oh, I didn't know. So, like so really, stuff. no, 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 but really, but listen to that. So I, what I'm here to say is, because I'm passionate about this, as you know, and you are too. 
you know, this isn't, this wasn't our kids' fault. They didn't do anything wrong. But they at the didn't, same, they, but at the same time, I will say this, which is, this is an unprecedented event. Right. The schools, no one knows what to do with this. No, 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 no. Right, no right. No, I, listen, do do you, listen, I, I mean, I, listen, one of my, 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 my best friend, we've been friends from high school and, um, and college and she is one of the most amazing and I mean this sincerely because I've seen her in action one of the most amazing elementary school teachers I've ever seen like everybody would want to like everyone you know wants to have you know her kid to to be her kids you know everyone wants her to be the teacher teacher. um on a regular basis I won't say her name but on a regular basis she would call me and she was so like on the verge of tears or in tears and I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? Like, what did someone get COVID in the in the school? And she's like, no. She was like, I don't. I'm I'm trying so hard, and I don't. This is not. And I don't know if it's working. It, and it's, it's not, not working. working. It's not working. Right. And it's like, and the kids are sad, and I'm sad. And she teaches um, very young primary school, and usually first or second grade. And she said, the second or third day of school, one of the little girls in her class came up to her and said, I'm going to call her Mrs. Smith. Mrs. Smith please tell me by the end of the year, I'll be able to hug you. Oh, Lordy. Oh, um, she was, so, and so it, we're going to talk a lot about these on, from a different levels, you know, business levels, personal levels at, throughout the year. Um, as we keep going with the, with the podcast, because what I'm here to say is, so I, number one, I think that like you, you corrected me. So every kid who wants to repeat the year, should be, should be. and so. we shouldn't, and we also shouldn't, um, and I, let me take it one step further. The poor administrators, the other reason why, without shame, because everyone looks, you know, when you look at the data and it's how many kids repeated the year or failed or whatever, like they didn't fail. Like it, no, there was a, there was, was a pandemic. It was not, it was not an environment for success. Right. So not for the teachers, so not for the kids. Without question, kids from anyone, and the, and the district, right? Like, meaning, like, they shouldn't be held. They should be able to repeat if they want to. Number two, I don't, I, I, I sit here and I say today, this is not over. Kids, kids are, it, we're just starting to deal with this. They haven't gone back to school oh, yet oh, here. Oh, 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 this is going to be, a th- listen, listen, the, the j- biggest challenge we've got is that because there's no precedent for any of this, I don't think we've got policy in place to handle this. So that aside... What I do want to say is that if I had my druthers, whatever we need to do to help the districts come up with a good plan, we're open to it. We're open to conversation. A hundred percent. Oh my God. We've been going for a long time. We have to so, shut this down. So we love, so we love both. It's so funny. We picked the same <laughs> one. We love our teachers, our faculty, our staff, and you know, let's give a shout out to them for the last year and a half, and also let's and support them. And, and, we and we love our kids, kids. and let's and support them. They just we need to support them. And we love our kids for really taking, I think, um, a really good attitude in the <laughs> doing the best they can they, in the worst possible. They situation. were they were as resilient as they possibly could be. Totally. And as my and this is adorable, but um, when we were visiting my parents for the holidays in December um, in Florida. You know, my dad, who is in his seventies, doesn't look like it or act like it, but he's in his seventies, <laughs> and he and he's usually golfing, and he's very quiet. As everyone knows, he's very quiet. He was an aerospace engineer, and he golfs almost every day, and he reads the Wall Street Journal cover to cover. And he looked at his grandchildren. He looked at Spencer and Beckham and said, "I, I, I'm in my seventies, and I've never gone through anything like this in my life. So mm. you did great." 
That's so lovely. I love that. You did great. Okay, guess what? So we're going to end that on that note, and we're going to tell you guys, and in your businesses, and in your lives, and with your kids, you did damn great. You did great. All right. So we'll talk to you guys. We'll see you next week. Next time. Thanks for joining the LOL Girls. We really appreciate you spending your precious time with us. Visit us at truebaldwinhomes.com slash podcast and subscribe where all fine podcasts are found. Keep climbing that hill and we'll chat next time. Ciao.